Hey there, I'm so excited to announce the Unstoppable Success Summit is back. Y'all, we are going to be in Dallas, April 19th and 20th. And I want to see you there. Don't miss out on this opportunity to gain valuable insights and make valuable connections and leave with actionable takeaways so you can implement all of these things into your career and level up your life and your business. I've got Ben Newman, Rachel Luna, John Gordon, Rudy Ricksteins. I've got a panel of speakers that specialize on publishing, PR, branding, podcasting, and TED Talks. And so if you are ready to level up, if you're like, I've got a message to share and I really want to increase my influence, it's time to kick the limiting beliefs to the curb. It's time to move forward past your fear. It's time for you to invest in you to bet on yourself. So I want to see you in Dallas. It's my hometown and I'm going to make it y'all. I'm planning some big stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be fun. My event planner keeps saying, Amberly, you need to reel it in. I'm like, no. And in Texas, we say go big or go home. So go to go.amberlylago.com. That link will also be in the show notes to grab your early bird ticket. The early bird tickets will only last for a certain time and there are only 100 seats available. So these tickets will go fast. You're the first to know about it. I want to see you in Dallas. So hopefully I will see you there to hug your neck and let's be unstoppable together. Okay, now on to the show. Thank you for tuning in to the True Grit and Grace podcast. I'm Amberly Lago, and I'll be sharing inspirational stories of resilience and empowering ideas to elevate your business and your life, ignite your passion, and fuel your purpose. Hi, welcome to True Grit and Grace. I'm Amberly Lago. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We're actually in my home, and I have a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine, Dr. Kareem Ellis is in the house. We've been trying to make this happen for a long time. Y'all, he has got a best-selling book. He's mm. the author of GPS Mike Success, a sought-after powerhouse mm. speaker, and that's some of the things we've been talking about, and we're like, wait, <laughs> we got to record. We got to do an episode. <laughs> He's been speaking with over 20 years of experience. He speaks all over the world. Um, he's been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, the Washington Post, I believe. I mean, you, Yahoo Finance, Wall Street Select, Fox Network, and so much more. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He's been mentored by Les Brown. He's a certified John Maxwell uh, with John Maxwell. I mean... I can't say enough good things about you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, a, it's a, a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor because I've been trying to connect with you for over two years at this point in time. We just have been two distant ships passing in the night, so we have finally locked this thing down. So I'm super excited about what's going to take place and transpire today. I think there's going to be a lot of transformation. Absolutely. I know there is. Well, yeah. from the minute that you walked mm -hmm. in the door and we started mm -hmm. talking, yeah. we, do you, we've been talking for over an hour. I know. And I was just like... <laughs> I could talk to you all day, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We got to save this for the show and share it with the audience. I have just been fascinated mm. with your journey. I see how busy you are. So mm -hmm. thank you so much mm. for driving out to mm. Heath, Texas, to come sit with me in my home and yeah. record this episode. Mm. 
You are honestly one of the best speakers I've ever seen, and I know Thank that's you. why you're booked out solid. Thank you. But I've seen a lot of TED Talks. Yeah. Yours is on fire. Thank Yours you. is like, y'all have to check. Y'all have to check out this TED Talk. I mean, it's so mm -hmm. good. You're such a great mm -hmm. storyteller, but mm -hmm. you share things mm -hmm. in an impactful way. Yes. And so when I started diving more into your content and, mm. and everything, I learned that, mm -hmm. uh, and this is what we were talking about before we yeah. started recording, <laughs> that we are set up a lot of times at a very young age to do what mm. we are destined to do. Mm. And so at a young age, uh, there were a few things like you mm -hmm. were a talker. You yes. love to talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you had like this vision, mm. people would call on you. Like mm -hmm. you could spot a stray dog two mm. blocks away and be yeah. like, Hey, we got to jump the fence mm. because that stray dog may come and get us. Yes. You know? And so you had a lot of these qualities mm -hmm. and do you feel like all of the things like when you were younger at that mm -hmm. young of an age, Oh, and by the way, super smart, like skipped, skipped a grade or two <laughs> in school. Do you think these things really mm -hmm prepared you for mm. what you were destined to become and all that you've done? Mm. So that's a very, very good question. And I love the fact that you're asking me that. Um, so before I even answer it, I'm gonna jump into one of my favorite movies of all time. It's gotta be Disney's Lion King. Now I'm talking about the original one. Don't get me wrong, I love the Beyonce version, but the original one still has my heart. And in that movie, there's a scene with a very young Simba and a very young Nala. And Simba's singing about how he can't wait to be king. He's jumping down the backs of giraffes. He's jumping off the backs of hippopotamuses and rhinoceroses, and he's being thrown around by monkeys. And the whole time I'm watching this whole musical dance play out, I'm thinking to myself, this is irony because he's already a king. He's just in seed form. And a lot of people don't realize the thing you're designed to be, you're already that thing, you're just in seed form. It is your acceptance of it that makes it come true quicker and faster. So when I think about our calling, what we've been put here to do, because I believe we've been put here intentionally, I believe that we are pregnant with purpose and our job is to give birth to that version of ourselves that's designed to change the world. We've already been pre-qualified for it. Most of us focus on education and education is not bad. I don't think getting education in school is a bad thing at all, but typically a gift and talent is something we've been born with. That cheetah that runs 70 miles per hour didn't have to go to the higher education school how to run fast. It was born with that gift of speed locked into its genetic DNA. Mm -hmm. It has to discover it and uncover it. So what I found from us from childhood is everything that I do now, I was already doing a version of it just as a kid. Mm -hmm. The ability to communicate exceptionally well, uh, the ability to learn and master things very, very quickly. And the one gift I think that really goes unrecognized by a lot of people, which I think is my dominant gift, is the gift of creativity. I'm super creative. The idea of how to think about things in multiple different ways to get multiple different results. So I think that those things are given to us at an early age. We use those gifts and talents to walk into our calling when we get clear on what that calling is. So I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I, I love that, <clears throat> that you explain. I feel like we're a lot alike because <laughs> I know, you know, my parents mm -hmm. really wanted me to go to college. Yeah. I was an honor student, straight mm -hmm. A student. And mm -hmm. I remember my mom was like, well, you're going to have to pay for college, so you better go get scholarships. Mm. In the back of my mind, I was yeah. like, the only scholarship that I wanted was at the dance center sure. in Los Angeles. Okay. And I was like, I did apply for some scholarships and mm -hmm. I had partial scholarships to UCLA. Okay. Packed up my bags and I was like, I am not going to door. UCLA. <laughs> I am going to go straight to that dance studio. And that's what I did. Yeah. 
And I knew I wanted mm. to be a professional dancer. Mm. Never went to college, mm -hmm. and that just wasn't for me. And I sure. understand, like, my daughter's in mm -hmm. college, but she wants to be, a, she's studying to be a doctor. Sure. And I'm super proud of her, especially mm -hmm. she's in Yale. She's like the brains of the family. Come on now. But, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I do think that there are some things, mm -hmm. and when we got here, you were explaining to me, mm -hmm. like, just giving me some clarity mm -hmm. on yeah. why I do the things that I do, like, yeah. that everything that I was doing up till mm -hmm. now is what has prepared me yes. for what I do now. Yeah. And, I mean, you're such a great coach, too. Thank you. <laughs> because you come in and... You are talking to me about mm -hmm. things. You're talking mm -hmm. to our amazing videographer, mm -hmm. Cole, who's helping us out today. <laughs> and just like you have this natural gift of mm -hmm. coaching. Yeah. And you speak to a lot of companies. In fact, that's why mm -hmm. you were in Dallas. I'd like to yeah. say he flew out just for the True Grit Grace show. But he's actually here speaking, and we made it work to where he could yes. come over. But you, you mm -hmm. speak a lot on... Mm -hmm leadership mm. and there's a lot of questions that I want to get to um, okay. about leadership but also we have a huge audience that are mm -hmm. people that want to learn how to speak so mm. I've got questions about that too sure how did you get into speaking to corporate companies and speaking mm. on stages all over the mm. country about leadership mm. so that's a really really great question uh, when I started, because much like your journey, you looked at your journey, if you look at where you are now versus where you started, you would say there's no way in the world. Like there's no way I would imagine doing what I'm doing right now. So when I first started my journey, it wasn't even about speaking to corporations. It was about teaching people how to make money in real estate. Like I started really? out teaching people how to make money in real estate, how to flip houses, how to rehab houses. And so I got my start in the real estate arena. Really? And I didn't realize that. Yeah I, st yeah, I still do real estate now. Yeah, we still, we still known to flip a mean house or two. We still can, you know, do what we do in real estate. But that's where the journey started at. And what ended up happening was I was at How many event. years you've been? So it's been 20 years. 20 I've been in real estate for 20, 20 years and speaking for 20 years. They, they, run, they run symbolic of each other because my mentor, and I strongly suggest this for everyone out there, get a mentor. That's yeah. the, only, the only shortcut I believe you have in life is a good mentor mm -hmm. because it saves you time. Mm -hmm. Like I see a lot of people trying to do it themselves and I go, you don't understand. You have a pre-allotted amount of time on this planet and you don't want to waste it by being stuck in a proverbial wilderness when you're supposed to be at your promised land making, making dreams and goals come yeah. true and hit results. So I had a mentor in real estate mm -hmm. and she taught me the ropes of it, but she also used to put on these big conventions teaching real estate. And what ended up happening was I got out there to speak one time. I was a little bit nervous. I had all my content laid out on a PowerPoint. I went through all the all the, the higher points of how to make money, how to find the motivated sellers, how to flip the deal and bring the person in if you're going to wholesale it. And I finished 20 minutes early. And rather than walk off the platform 20 minutes early, I just kind of opened up for a Q&A. But before I did the Q&A, I started to just kind of ad lib a little bit. And I started talking about my life, my journey, what I had gone through, the things I successfully been through, the setbacks and the challenges. And then when I finished that presentation, I had more people coming to me asking me about the last 20 minutes of the presentation versus the first 40 minutes of the presentation. So I believe the problem you're designed to solve is right under your nose, but you have to pay attention when people are knocking on your door asking you to help yeah, them solve. Yeah, it's right? so true. Yeah. I mean, that is mm -hmm. so true. People ask mm -hmm. me, well, how did I come up with my mastermind? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I literally had people mm -hmm. asking me the same questions over and mm -hmm. over and over and over. And I thought, well, why don't I just put together yeah. a mastermind and Boom. answer these questions, mm -hmm. but save yeah. time because yeah. I'm doing it. I'm impacting more people than just one, one person. person at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah so that's mm -hmm. so true. Mm. How do you suggest, and I want to get back to that, but sure. if somebody's like out there going, well, I don't know what's right underneath my nose, what do you yeah. say to that? So I feel this, I feel that we have two things we should be looking at. Number one, our gift and talent, which is something we do naturally. We've been doing it all our life. Many times we're doing it and we're being paid for it via a paycheck, but don't understand the real values. If I could control that gift and talent, I can write my own paycheck. That's a side note for someone out there that's struggling financially, get in control of the gift, right? But the second thing is, what is my expertise? And an expert is someone who knows more about a topic than 90% of the folks around them. And everybody has an expertise in more than one thing. The problem is we can't imagine being paid to perform on our expertise, right? So I wanna get clear about my gift and talent. I wanna get clear about my expertise. Okay. And if I'm not sure about those two things, what I wanna do is I wanna ask people that have known me for a while, what are some of the things I do that just blow your mind because it comes to me so naturally and so easily and I want to pay attention to that because what will inevitably happen, I will get the same answers again and again and again in some form of symbolism which kind of lets me know where my money point is at, where my 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 genese qua so to speak is at, where folks are always saying this is what the value is that you bring to the table that folks would actually pay you for if you can learn how to attach a figure to it. Yeah, so I would start there. I would start to poll the people around me and figure out what's the one thing that stands out about me. And for most folks, I'm gonna be honest with you, I think that happens in elementary school and high school. There's things you did at an early age that people still remember, say, Amberly, when you did this, it was mind blowing. Like it came to you so naturally. Yeah, I think it starts there. And would you suggest not asking close family members? Ooh, that's a tough one, that's a tough one. Because your so, mom is always gonna be like, yeah. oh honey, you're so good at everything. <laughs> so the quality of the question determines the quality of the result. So if I ask the question, I don't get the result I want, I wanna go deeper into the question. It's almost like one of those crime shows, you know, where they, they have them sitting there and they have the, the, the one, the, 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 the transparent window, that's, and so they're uh -huh. watching and the detective's asking the question, but he keeps asking the same question in different forms. Because as you ask the question differently, then you get a different answer. So with close family and friends, I wanna ask that question, but then rephrase it and rephrase it to get to the meat and potatoes of what I really wanna know. Because of course they love you, they don't wanna tell you anything bad. If that was the case, we'd have people that would never go to audition for American Idol. You know, we get some of those people on there and we know they can't sing. I say, you didn't have one family member that said, don't, don't, don't fly out. <laughs> Don't, you can't sing, baby, that's not your gift. Like they let you go out there and embarrass yourself and embarrass the family. So with family, I wanna ask it strategically to make yeah. sure I get to the meat and potatoes of it, yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And it is so true, if you think mm -hmm. back to when you're younger, I get the same thing I got way mm -hmm. back then yeah. is the, that I get now, mm. is I'm a connector yeah. and I make people still feel like seen and yes. heard, mm. no matter, and, and that's, from an, I, and believe it or not, I remember mm -hmm. one of my friends, you know, they were the popular girls was like, mm -hmm. look, Amberly, yeah. you can't be talking to everybody, especially <laughs> the, the, the geeks yeah. and the this and that, mm -hmm. like everybody in their little clique. And I was yeah. like, I'm gonna be friends with everybody. Yeah. And she said, well, then you can't be in our group. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So a couple of days went by and she was like, well, I guess you're still going to just say hi to Norma Jean and this person and that person. Yeah. I guess you can be friends with us. Mm. But a couple of days went by. But yeah. I've just always, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, you know what? I just spoke at this event in Las Vegas mm -hmm. and this sweet lady comes up to me. Mm. She goes, Amberly, mm -hmm. I was going to 
ask you to take a picture mm-hmm. with me yesterday, but I just didn't feel worthy enough. And I said, mm-hmm. worthy enough? I yeah. was like, what do you mean? I was like, get over here and give me a hug right now. And, <laughs> and that, um, we ended up exchanging mm-hmm. phone numbers mm-hmm. and emails. She yeah. did took, she's the one who took video that mm-hmm. I ended up posting on my Instagram today. It's yeah. like, you know, I, if you just talk to people sure. and, you know, but sometimes I understand, but I think it is important to ask that question. If you don't know, yeah. ask that question, yeah. even if it's family members, mm. ask the question. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. So when you were in the real estate mm-hmm. and then you get up and you started sharing, mm. and especially they were like the last 20 minutes. Yeah you probably realize I am such a good storyteller. That's what I loved about your TED Talk. You, you hit home on mm-hmm. major points, which mm-hmm. we're gonna get into soon. Okay. But you told a story with mm-hmm. it, and telling the story is mm-hmm. what anchored it in for yeah. me and mm-hmm. for everybody that listens to it, I feel mm-hmm. like. Was it at that point when you were in the real estate and you got up to speak that you're like, hmm, I kinda like this speaking, and... <laughs> Actually, it was the opposite of it. I was so focused on being dominant at speaking in the world of real estate that I wasn't paying attention to that. There's a GPS principle and philosophy I talk about, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later. We talk about recalculating, yeah. right? And the problem is when I put an address inside of GPS, I get focused on the destination, but then life always finds a way to throw a, a curveball. Or when I talk about Murphy's Law, say Murphy will knock on your door and give you something you didn't ask for. And in that moment, it's a pivotal moment because you got to decide, do I go back home and call it quits or do I journey on understanding there's always more than one way to get to the finish line. A GPS will always recalculate and reroute if you were dedicated to getting to the finish line. So I was still hell bent on teaching people real estate. And then what happened was certain doors start to close. One of the major doors that started to close was that mentor who I was with at that time. We had a fallout and that fallout because I was speaking in front of real estate crowds when I was connected to that mentor. But when me and her had a fallout, that kind of closed that door temporarily. Then I realized I was more upset that I was no longer able to speak on certain platforms and stages than flipping houses. Then I realized that's what the passion was. See, if when you figure out your passion, one of the ways to figure it out is if it gets taken from you. You get upset like that toddler that has that toy taken away at a, long, at, yeah. at a very early age. Like, I really want to play with that toy. Yeah. And so having the toy taken away from me made me realize your passion is more about speaking, teaching, and helping people versus the flipping houses and teaching the skill set of it. So that was the defining moment for me. Wow. Now, I'm a strong believer in mentors. So I had another mentor enter the picture at that moment and say, well, Sometimes God will allow doors to close intentionally because you're playing in a smaller arena. In other words, your gift and talent is larger than the arena you're at. It's larger than the real estate world. And so that's what caused me to segue out. And that's what ended up getting me on corporate stages and platforms. Yeah, they started that way. So I would say that as encouragement for someone who feels like they're in a brick wall season where I'm stuck and I can't go forward. Sometimes God intentionally, not accidentally allows things to line up that way. And still says the address you put in your GPS, will you call it quits now because you can't move forward in this lane? Or will you allow me to reroute you, recalculate you and put you onto your pathway? That's sort of similar to your journey with, with, with the dancing over until the speaking and all the stuff you do now. Yeah. It's a rerouting. Yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, some people can get mm-hmm. stuck in that funk mm-hmm. of it was all taken away from yeah. me and get into the victimhood and get mm-hmm. bitter and angry and resentful. 
Mm-hmm. I really believe that there's mm-hmm. there can be good. There are bad things that can happen, but there mm-hmm. can be good lessons learned. I agree. There can be good things that can come out of it. And mm-hmm. sometimes I believe that things, like you said, mm-hmm. a door closes. Yeah. So God's going, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you are called to do more. Yeah. This is okay, but mm-hmm. no, there's more for you. Mm-hmm. So you're not listening. Yeah. I'm going to have to like, mm-hmm. you know, tap you on the shoulder a little bit. Oh, you're still not listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to throw an SUV into you. <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh at that, but, but it makes sense. Yeah. The, here's the thing. I remember growing up and hearing George Bush talk about no child left behind. And for me, what that meant is you could be dumb as a box of rocks. We're not going to keep you in the eighth grade five times. We're going to push you forward. I say, God doesn't work that way. God will let you sit in that test as long as he needs to to make sure you are qualified, prepared for the next stage of the journey. So I think there's some test that you'll stick there until you master the test. Mm -hmm. Because if I let you move on to calculus or trigonometry, but you don't know how to do fractions, you can't handle trigonometry and fractions. You can't handle calculus. So I think there's a learning stage. And for me, that real estate part of the journey where I was teaching real estate, that was the learning portion of it. And it also shaped character. You said something that was so important earlier. Uh, you talked about how a young lady was afraid to speak to you because she thought, oh, my God, you're so big and so large and, you know, you wouldn't give me the time of day. And that speaks volumes about your character. And for the arena that you're in, that character has to be present before you walk into the blessing. I see a lot of people where they don't have that character identified and then they lose themselves in the journey. So you always want to make sure I know who my character is and who I'm here to serve, that my platform is always larger than just me. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, yeah, actually... Mm-hmm. At this last event, I was talking to the the event planner's mm. wife, and she it was her first time. He's been mm. on several events, and it's her first time ever sure. being at an event. So she was very observant and observing mm. all the other speakers mm. and this and that. And she came up to me, and she goes, you know, Amber, I noticed that there are some mm. speakers that are very supportive of the other speakers yeah. and of the audience and attendees mm. and and everything. And she goes, I noticed a difference. And I said, because when I'm at a speaking event, yeah. I'm not there just, my favorite part is connecting with people. Of course. And the other speakers, not just mm-hmm. the attendees, but the other speakers, mm-hmm. everyone. And I'm there to serve and to sure. help. And, and so every speaker that gets up, mm-hmm. I am videoing them. I'm mm-hmm. taking pictures of them. Now, I know they probably already have a media crew and they've got the event planner has media there. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't it be great if I can just airdrop them some videos and pictures because so they can use right like this. They don't Mm -hmm. have to wait. They can use it for reels or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I do that as much as I can for all the other speakers. Mm. And it was interesting Mm -hmm. that I saw her. She was picking up on. She noticed. Yeah. That, and then I didn't know. I'll tell you something embarrassing. <laughs> this is coming, and we were talking about my nickname before mm-hmm. we started recording being Loudmouth. I didn't know that mm-hmm. uh, the event, mm-hmm. the, the founder, the event planner, and the whole mm-hmm. team was behind me, and I was mm-hmm. sitting in the audience. Sure. And there was a speaker that said, got up and said something, and they said, well, get up and clap for the person next to you mm. to show them how great they are. So I got up and I'm like, oh, 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 and I'm doing this. And I turn around to give, and I'm like, I turn around and I see them. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Humble moment. Humble I'm like, moment. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy up here. I'm into the, 
it, mm. you know, but I love mm. being a part of that. It's yeah. it's fun. Yeah, you don't you don't have an ego, and that's what I love so much about you. When I see all the footage of you and in, in conversation, there's a lot of people in this industry that have a huge platform, they have a huge trap, they have a huge following, and they also have a huge ego. Now, what I've learned over the years, if you don't kill your ego, your ego will kill your opportunities. And there's a lot of folks out there I go, you're supposed to be farther than that. If you could just get control of that ego and and, and have that battle that's supposed to be hit. So, yeah, you you are you are exactly what you have been designed to be. Even when you said I was always a connector. All that comes into play with where you are right now. So it goes back to what we said earlier. You are the thing you're designed to be at an early age. It's just the embracement of it, embracing the fact that I'm, I'm already that thing. Well, I can see you connecting with people. I can see you being friends you. with everybody. I'm at this lunch table this day. I'm over here this day. I can see you being everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. I can see you doing the same. <laughs> same thing, yes. I can see you doing the same. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you. Well, thank mm -hmm. you for your kind words. And I appreciate mm -hmm. you giving the encouragement to mm -hmm. the listeners sure. about just like, you have to learn certain lessons mm. yeah. and, and your analogy or mm. your uh, of comparing it to mm. like, you got to get through algebra yes. before you can get through geometry, then trigonometry mm. and, and go on to calculus or, you know, yeah. and I know that there have been times I, I got, I was guilty of this in the mm -hmm. beginning of like, well, I want to be on that person's podcast mm. or I want to do that. Want, yeah. And I know now mm -hmm. I just got to trust the process, yes. put in the work and know that when I learn everything mm -hmm. that I need to learn and when the timing's right, what's that's meant it. for me will always be for me. Yeah. You know, that's hard sometimes. So. It is hard. But think of the alternative. The alternative is if God gives me what I ask for and I'm unprepared for it, oh, what I yeah. get and I'm unprepared for, I'll lose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I want to be clear that when I walk into it, I can actually maintain it, hold on to it and service it. Uh, I remember back during the Clinton administration where they made no money down loans for everybody. And so everybody, because I've been doing real estate for a while, so and I grew up in a real estate family, so I remember people who never paid their rent on time were like, I'm moving out and I'm getting the house. I go, how? You don't pay any bills on time. And Clinton did no money down, and so everybody became homeowners. Well, oh, yeah. what year was that? That was Clinton was in office in the 90s. So it was oh, the it was early the 90s. Yeah, it was the early, early 90s where he did that. And so what ended up happening was you had a lot of people that became homeowners without the sacrifice, right? Without uh, the due diligence, the legwork, the habits. Let's be real, 90% of what you do is dictated by your habits. And so when we hit that foreclosure boom that came after that, it was because a lot of folks had acquired property, but they weren't qualified or ready for the benefit of being a homeowner, uh -huh. right? Yeah, so I think a lot of things in life work that way. We can always ask for something, and I believe the God to give us our heart's desire as long as it's in alignment for the right things. But... For me, God won't give me anything until he knows I'm 100% prepared to maintain it and hold on to it. Because I do believe that if you get something of value, the enemy's job is to take it from you, to make sure you can't hold on to it. Because whatever God gives to you is never just for you. When I look at an apple off an apple tree, I've never seen an apple tree grow this nice, delicious, juicy red apple. And under the weight of gravity and wind, the apple finally breaks free and hits the ground. And then the tree bends down and grabs the apple and takes a bite of it and says, mm, this tastes delicious. The fruit is for other folks to come past that's hungry, that needs nourishment, that's weary. And so I look at a lot of us in the influential spaces. Our job is to produce this fruit. Mm -hmm. But the fruit is for folks to come past that need the nourishment. So right now there's someone listening to this powerful podcast that needs nourishment, needs encouragement. This fruit isn't for us. It's for those that are going to tune in and listen to say, this is what I needed to get me to the next leg of the journey. Yeah, so I think that we always have to be in a place, a space of understanding the reason why we're here. It's never about us. It will always be bigger than us, but we want to be clear 
that we give people access to the fruit that they need to make sure they can be sufficient enough. And the beautiful thing about fruit inside every apple is additional seed. The reason why that's so important is a, a seed reproduces after its own kind. So when people tune in and listen to you, when you go speak on stages, you're reproducing your value systems and your thoughts and your processes inside of them. And so that's to me how you create a legacy. You take one seed, you plant one tree, which is you, and then you give out enough fruit that by the end of your lifespan, you've created an orchard based on your thoughts, your ideas, your patterns, your influence, and most importantly, the things you want to leave behind that's going to benefit others. So, oh, yeah. You know what I love? One of the things <laughs> I love about you mm -hmm. is you, I'm a very visual person, mm. and you explain things mm -hmm. with like snapshot pictures mm. or, so I can grasp it and yeah. I won't forget it. Mm. That's, the, that's, that's my particular speaking and teaching style. Yeah, uh, I think you. that's I why, that. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons mm -hmm. I loved your TED Talk. Mm. If y'all have not seen his TED Talk yet, <laughs> I'm just, you gotta go check it out, okay? <laughs> and you will take notes. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to say that in the very beginning. Yeah. Go ahead and get out your notepads mm. and pens right now. now. Yeah, we're gonna do it in a teaching mode, I feel. Well, <laughs> I would love to get into mm -hmm. your GPS for success because look, okay. we all want success. Sure. And the way that you explain mm -hmm. this G GPS mm -hmm. for success is mm -hmm. like, gosh, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are so creative. Thank you. So before we get into that, mm -hmm. how did you create this? Mm -hmm. Like, were you just on a walk one day and you thought about it? I mean, it's years. I know yeah. that it's years worth sure. of living and wisdom that you've mm -hmm. poured into it, mm. but it's so creative and you have sure. to be so creative when you're coming up with a TED talk because it is like, you mm. gotta get right to the point. Yeah, you and do. you did. Well, I appreciate that. It, it was, it's kind of funny because in that group of folks from that TED talk, you know, what ended up happening is we all kind of, we all did the, the virtual by Zoom before the actual TED talk. And so we're all listening to each other's talks. And before I know what I got recruited into kind of coaching the other speakers. <laughs> I'm, I was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised at mm -hmm. all. Yeah, so so what ended up happening was um, when people asked me where GPS came from, I keep telling people that the quality question determines the quality results. You want to pay attention to the questions you get asked on a regular basis. And then I also tell people money's the reward for solving a problem. And I get a lot of people that get upset about their current the current lifestyle, the current amount of income the job is paying them. And I say, don't, get, don't you dare get mad at that job. Because when a job decided to hire you, it wasn't anything personal. If they're paying you $20 an hour, or $16 an hour, or $12 an hour, it's nothing about you personally. They said that we have a $12 an hour problem we need to solve. So whether you signed up for that position or whether you release yourself and they bring someone else in, we only think the problem is worth $12 an hour. We're not paying more than $12 an hour. We're not paying more than $16 an hour. And so the dilemma for most folks is understanding what problem am I qualified to solve? Most people solve a problem and they settle. And I go, no, 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 no. You got a gift, you got a talent, you got an expertise. What are you qualified based on what you're sitting on right now? Because if I can understand what I'm qualified, then I'll solve a problem that has a bigger payday. So one of the problems that I decided to solve, because so many people kept coming to me, is how did you escape the nine to five job? Like, how did you get out the nine to five? You have a debt-free lifestyle, assets paid off, you're traveling all over the world, because I'll be upfront. There's no way I could do what I'm doing and still be working a nine to five. I wouldn't have enough PTO. Like, I would've been fired like a month ago. I'm like, you can't keep taking off and flying everywhere. And so I decided to say, how would I take this concept of the lifestyle that God has blessed me with and turn it into teachable format? And so then it segued over to what's the best analogy that everybody can grasp, everybody's familiar with. And so the idea was vision. And I believe a GPS is a vision machine. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's where GPS, my success came from. We know a GPS is useless to you first given an address. And so we want to be clear about what type of lifestyle we have. We want to be clear about how much money we have in the bank. What does our fitness look like? What does our finances look like? What do our friendships and situations look like? What does our romantic life look like? And so there's so many addresses we can put inside the GPS, but it starts with knowing where we want to go. And so that's where it started off at. It started off with the philosophy and a teachable moment, which is GPSing our way literally to success, whether it's inside corporate America or outside corporate America. That's so good, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just made me think. Mm -hmm. I remember at the event that I just spoke at Mm -hmm. um, a couple of days ago, Tim Mm -hmm. Grover, do you know who Tim Grover is? Mm -hmm. Tim Grover was speaking and he was talking about like Mm -hmm. having a vision. Like some of you don't have a vision. Mm -hmm. Where's your vision? Where Mm -hmm. do you want to go? He goes, would you get in your car? Yeah. And just go, I want to go somewhere. Yeah. Like, where do you want to go? Like, no, you get in your car and you have Mm. an exact location Mm. and you get there. Yeah. But I I want to get into that. But before we get into that, you said something Mm. that's so important Mm -hmm. about you have to know Mm. what problem you solve and what's kind of the dollar sign on that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's important for people to know Mm -hmm. and to really be crystal clear on Mm. when they're selling a product. Yes. Yes. And, you know, just like for me, I just did this big launch Mm -hmm. and I was like, something's not right. And Mm. my uh, click funnels guy was like wanting to change it up. And I said, no, Mm. no, no, no. I said, I need to Mm -hmm. flip something. Mm. I need to flip a couple of things and then mm. let me try to, sure. you know, show people that this is what it is. Yeah. But it, if you don't know exactly what it is, the mm. problems, and it's not only that, if yeah. you can't communicate that, that's true, <laughs> then you're not going to make the dollars, yeah. you know? And so it's so much about knowing, mm. but also being able to communicate that in a way mm. and also having, mm-hmm. if you can't do some copywriting yourself, having a damn good copywriting team, team yes. that can. <laughs> That's a whole other mm-hmm. thing, you know, yeah. but I think I just wanted to go back to that because sure. it's so important what you mm-hmm. just said mm-hmm. for people to really hone in on, mm-hmm. okay, well, what problem is it? What do I solve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I scale it? Mm-hmm. And like you did and in going into corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this, again, I go back to what we talked about earlier, which is what I'm good at doing, other folks around me know it. It's just the question of, do I know it? So am I talking to the right people? Or better yet, what are the responses? Like I have a student I talked to the other day, he's in that dilemma, he wants to speak, but he's not sure about what to talk about. I go, what have you been posting on your social media for the last year or so? And out of certain certain topics you've talked about, which are the topics you talked about that got the biggest response? Because even though it wasn't really a teachable moment, if people were responding and liking that, that's giving you an idea of what people want out of you. It's so true. Yeah. So true. And I think that's important to to do that so you can. Mm. And people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to put on social media. I'm like, start sharing yeah. what's on your heart or mm. your passion or what you feel like is your purpose. Yes. And then that's, you know, how I started. I was mm-hmm. sharing a lot of stuff. And then I kind of mm. was like, oh, well, this is what's hitting home for people. This is what people mm-hmm. really want to learn about. And it's interesting. I was just sharing this with um, one of my mastermind members that mm. it's not about having everything perfect. True. I said, the posts that I do that mm-hmm. uh, maybe my graphics designer makes for me, they're beautiful. Mm. They're perfect. Yeah. They get the least amount of likes, 
comments, shares, yeah. because it looks just like this perfectly little edited graphic designed, I mean, mm. and they're nice. Yeah. It's the ones where I'm raw and yes. real. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I just posted me like, Shaking like this, doing mm. the plank, because yeah. I was holding it for so long. Mm. Okay, so, and, how, so how long was the plank? Well, eight, <laughs> eight minutes and 44 Ooh. seconds. Good Lord. I didn't know yeah. how long I could hold it, but I was determined. Everybody yeah. else was in workout clothes, and I was mm. in my speaker get up. But I, I was it. like, I'm going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And I was the last woman there. So Come on now. Last woman planking, and I wanted mm. to. Mm. I didn't win, but I was in the. Top 10, yeah. okay? But yeah. Okay. But those it. kind of videos, I shared yeah. that. It's like not even some fancy edited video. Mm -hmm. It's the raw, real, authentic mm. videos that yeah. get more traction. And then that's what you see, what yeah. people gravitate towards. Yes. And then there you go. That's how you know what you're going to share on and do more of mm -hmm. and maybe speak on. Yeah. What, what I'll say is this, is people want to be able to relate with you. Mm -hmm. And the problem with being in an influential space, especially I see with a lot of folks in corporate, they're so hell-bent on making sure they look like they cross their T's and dot their I's. So yeah. absolutely perfect because they have that corporate mindset. Yeah. And I go, you may be very, very polished, but you're not relatable. They can't connect with you. Mm -hmm. We do business with people we know, we like, and we trust. And so how can I know, like, and trust you if I don't really know who you are? I can drop a lot of gems on social media all day long, but I still want my tribe to know who I am at the core because I'm, I want to be relatable. I don't want to be so polished or live a lifestyle that's so exceptionally well that I can't relate with people on a regular everyday basis. So I think that when you crack that code of sharing intimate parts of you, and I'm not saying share everything, not everything yeah. is everybody's business, but if you can be vulnerable intentionally, you know, and let people know this is who I am at the core. Yeah. yeah, people can relate with you because they understand that, you know, you're you're no difference than me. The other thing I notice is this, the greatest way to encourage somebody to say, hey, the only difference between myself and those out there is I just took initiative. So there's no difference between anyone else out there and myself. I'm not saying that I'm more successful than anybody because success is a mindset, right? Yeah. But when you're able to relate with people, you also encourage people because they start to think, man, if she can do all yeah. that and what she's been through, yeah, or he can do all that with all he's been through, then yeah, I can do the same exact thing. So it, it puts it back into the ground of reality where it's achievable, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh. I could talk to you all day. Okay. I just had to go back to that because I love yeah. what you shared. But now, mm -hmm. can you give us like a mm -hmm. kind of a Cliff Notes version of your GPS for success? And mm -hmm. because you've got a book, you've yeah. got your TED talk about it, but mm -hmm. it's so good. And I mm -hmm. love the stories that you share. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, I won't give it away. I, I won't gotcha. give it, but yes, could you please just break it down for us? So gotcha. get out your pens and mm -hmm. your pads mm -hmm. because this is good, y'all. You're going to want to know these five things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's simplistic. We chose five because five is a number for grace, and we're on the Grit and Grace podcast. Five is a biblical number for grace. And at the same time, you didn't know that? Yeah, five is a number. It's a biblical number for grace. Yeah, and I think we all need grace at some point in our journey. Well, my TED yeah. talk was five. Mm, I love it. It was yeah. five parts. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Yeah, so the first part we kind of covered, which is setting the address, because the GPS is useless to I know where I want to go, where I want to go. And the beautiful thing is when I put an address in the GPS, it keeps me focused. The problem with getting up every day, you don't know exactly what you're supposed to do. So you're wasting your time. You're wasting your resources by being everywhere and anywhere. The, the, and before I go into the second part, the other reason why setting the address is so important, it lets me understand the resources needed for the journey. 
And when I say resources, resources can be the people we connect with on a regular basis. Yeah. It can be the money that flows in. A lot of people get money every day and don't know what to do with it because you don't have an address or a vision you're going after to attach it to. It can be the education because if you want to be dominant, I'm a huge Napoleon Hill fan. He says you don't want general knowledge and education, you want specialized knowledge. So whatever arena you're gonna crush it in, you wanna master that specific knowledge. So if uh -huh. it's speaking, then I wanna master speaking. If it's real estate, then I wanna master real estate. But I don't wanna be a jack of all trades and master of none. I wanna be focused intently on where I wanna go to. Um, it can be relationships, because let's be honest, for a lot of folks, they don't, they're not clear about their vision and so they get into relationships or situationships with people that shouldn't be in the journey. Situationships, yeah. That's where we don't know exactly what we are. We're here, I, but we I don't know. I did that for yeah. a long time, but yeah. until I got real clear on that <laughs> GPS and I landed a good one. Yeah, yeah, you, you well, situ well, I'm gonna leave situationships there, but what I will say is when I get clear about where I'm going, it lets me know what resources I need for the journey, but more importantly, what resources I don't need for the journey. Ooh. What I need to release, because a lot of people are holding on to stuff, and I say that baggage is slowing you down. You don't need that on your journey to get to your destination quicker and faster. It's almost so like good. if I'm driving someplace, you know, and I wanna get there quicker and faster, I can jump in the car and go, or I, I can grab five people and I gotta stop and drop all these folks off. So I can't get there as fast as I wanna get there. So based on based on where I'm going to, it makes it super selective over who gets inside the vehicle and who, you, you can't ride with me on this journey, maybe next time, right? So number one is setting the address. Number two is moving with clarity over confusion. GPS gives crystal clear instructions, right? The instructions are designed to be so clear, even the dumbest person can follow the instructions. Turn right, turn left, go straight, turn in, turn in 15 minutes, whatever have you. If I'm not moving in clarity, then I operate in confusion. And a confused mind will never give me the results I want. It kind of goes back to the way we are programmed. We have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Conscious mind is our alert mind. It lets us know everything in real time. So I have on a blue suit. You have on a beautiful uh, denim jacket. Uh, I see you holding a pen that looks like rose gold, which is one of my favorite colors of gold. We're sitting on a, gr a gray sofa that sinks in very nicely. And I've gotten really, really comfortable. I'm afraid it's going to sink all the way in, right? The conscious mind lets me know what's going on in real time, but the subconscious mind never sleeps, it never shuts down, it doesn't discriminate against the thoughts we get fed on a regular basis. And so the danger with that, that means that my subconscious mind is highly programmable. Mm. I talked to uh, individuals and organizations about the power of commercials and how during the Super Bowl they spent like $5 million oh, on yeah. basically a one-minute commercial. And I go, they don't do that by accident, and they do it every year, and the price tag keeps going up. Why? The goal is to keep putting that ad in front of you so it programs your mind. We make the best snack chip. We make the best vehicle if you want to buy a car. Yeah. We are the best banking institution. We're the best financial investment. And so if we know that the mind can be programmed that way, why are we not doing it for ourselves? So I wanna be clear about whether I'm moving in clarity or moving in confusion. And the way to know that is what thoughts am I feeding myself? What affirmations am I giving myself on a regular basis that's gonna get me there quicker and faster? The third principle in this is uh, being connected or uh, dealing with dead zones. And the reason why we say this is if I'm connected in the, in the GPS format or GPS system, that means my, I have a strong Wi-Fi signal. That Wi-Fi signal has pinged onto a, uh, a telephone tower, that telephone tower's pinged to that satellite in outer space. And as long as I have that trifecta connection going on, my GPS would take me anywhere I wanna go. And so that means if I wanna be connected to get to my finish line, I gotta be connected to the right coaches, the right mentors, the right education, the right organizations, because Jim Rohn says your life a mirror that of the five people you hang with the most. Most of us live a life by default instead of design. Default is where I hang with anything that comes along if we got one or two things in common. Uh, design means I know where I'm headed to, so I'm specifically and intentionally connecting with people that's gonna be uh, assisting me on my journey, meaning I can learn from them, I can study from them, but most importantly, since we're visual creatures, 
it gives me a better insight as to what I'm supposed to have because it's easy to do a thing if you know other people that's already doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's being connected, but the opposite of connected is a dead zone. And we're familiar with dead zones. Dead zones are where that. you go and you lose your signal. Some parking garages are like that. There's some spots in town where you go to the bottom of the hill, you lose your signal. Oh, there's a spot right down the street here. <laughs> I, I yeah. now just have accepted it. I mm. mean, acceptance that yeah. it, it's a dead zone. Yeah. But I know I gotta get out of there, so. That's true, or better yet, if since you know it's a dead zone, if you have a real important call, like- I go. Yeah. A mile around, around it. The other there you way. go. There you I go. Do. I yeah. swear. I'm yeah, because you already know what's going to happen like, if I, I know hit exactly it. where that dead zone is. So mm. I know I need to take the long way around, around. but at least I'll have reception. Mm, I love it. I love it. Here's the problem so many people don't even think about that. So many people walk into dead zones, and dead zones can be family. Dead zones can be friends. Let's be clear, because we got the same last name, the same genetics, and you know uh, we we get together on Thanksgiving and, and holidays. It doesn't mean they got our best interests at heart. We got a lot of families that are dead zones where if I get around you, I lose my signal, I lose my way, I lose my concentration, and it's easy for me to be stuck in a pattern where I'm there longer than I need to be, knowing time's my most valuable resource. Yeah. For some people, the job is a dead zone. Like I knew when I came up with G the idea of GPS, this job is my dead zone. I'm giving 40 hours a week to make somebody at the top office rich, and I'm, I'm barely struggling to get by. And if I'm spending so much time watering their dream seat, when can I water my own, yeah. right? So I wanna be clear about that as well. Um, the lack of education can be a dead zone. So there's a lot of things out there that can be dead zones Yeah, and then what about like distractions being a dead zone? Mm, that's it as well. But what I did with distractions, I actually anchored distractions into the fourth principle, which I'm glad you jumped on that, which is about uh, recalculating, right? Mm -hmm. We know that when I put an address in the GPS that I can get distracted. I can be looking the wrong way and miss my turn. Uh, the dead zone could, you know, cause me to miss my turn or I can be driving along traffic, making a good steady tempo and pace, and all suddenly there's a traffic jam up there. And so now I'm, I'm in a situation because I'm not gonna make it to my destination. A lot of people run into traffic jams in life and they turn around and go back home. Like for a lot of folks that I've coached and mentored, 2020 was that big dead zone. Oh, 2020 yeah. was that big traffic it, it jam. It was crazy because there were mm -hmm. people, I, I'll never forget this. I remember mm -hmm. I was still, mm -hmm. I had a handful of clients mm -hmm. that I'd had for like 20 years mm -hmm. for fitness. Mm -hmm. And in one week, mm -hmm. I had every single one of those I'm tra uh, training on Zoom. Yeah. I completely shifted everything mm. like yeah. that. I'm like, oh, we can't meet yeah. in person. Here's the Zoom link, meet mm -hmm. me. We'll still, we'll still work out. Sure. I met, I talked to uh, several people who were just like, oh, I'm just gonna wait till things get back to normal. I'm mm. like, you can't wait. Like, can't you wait. gotta figure something else <laughs> yeah, I love out, it. like right now. Like, yeah. you, you can't wait. Mm. You're very resilient. I feel mm -hmm. like this GPS for success mm -hmm. is also a very good way to be resilient it in is. everything that you do, to level up and to be resilient, which is why I was like, I mm -hmm. can't wait to have you on the show mm. to talk about that because <laughs> we talk so much about resilience. Sure. But yeah, that uh, a lot mm -hmm. of people don't think about other ways around, around or, mm -hmm. I just was on the way to the airport mm -hmm. uh, time before last, and mm -hmm. I was on a call with a client, so I wasn't really paying attention to where the Uber driver was going. Uh -oh. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we're, we're completely stopped on the tollway, mm. which you people go like 90 miles an hour on oh, the tollway. Yeah. Completely stopped. Mm. My Uber driver, mm -hmm. I was like, you're officially the best Uber driver in the world. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh, it looks like there's an overturned 18-wheeler. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have to 
it's complete. Mm. The com freeway is completely shut down. Shut down. Yeah. Without saying anything, mm -hmm. he turns around, makes a U-turn on the freeway, going the wrong way. Oh wow! <laughs> and gets on the exit. Yeah. He goes, I can't have you miss your flight. So went on. So I was like, talk about. I think he maybe heard your TED talk. He may have. I, hey. <laughs> but like, what was going through your mind when he turned around on the highway, though? I was like, yes. This guy is awesome. Yeah. Way to go. Way to mm. drive. Yeah. 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 We yeah. made it off. Mm. We so, didn't get head-on mm -hmm. collision either, so it was yeah, that, all good. That was my concern was the head-on collision. I'm picturing just riding around the meridian of the highway, but absolutely true. Uh, resilience is a key element on recalculating. What happens with most people is they run into that traffic jam in life, and it could be my finances are, are shut off because I got fired from that job, or the relationship came to an abrupt end, and I'm not sure how I'm going to move forward, or I had to relocate, or I've, I've had a vehicle repossessed, or anything that life gives us. Murphy Law says that which can go wrong will go wrong at that one inopportune moment in time. Yeah. So what I tell people when Murphy knocks on your door and says, hello, here I am, you got an option. You can call it quits and go back home, or you can allow life to recalculate, meaning there's more than one way to get to the finish line. It may take you a little bit longer. You may burn through a little bit more resources. You may have to connect differently with some folks, because mm -hmm. I believe success is 50% what you know, 50% who you know and what they know about you, which oh, is why you connect so with people. Good. Yeah, people don't connect for the right reasons. You better connect with people uh, and introduce and let people know what you do exceptionally well because there are certain doors you don't have access to until you start making proper connections with people. Yeah. But yeah, I think everybody will be forced to recalculate. The, the goal is, will I recalculate voluntarily or will I waste valuable time by going back home and missing out on game-changing opportunities? And then the last piece of that puzzle would be to check the history log. And, and the reason why I say that this is... This is my favorite story. <laughs> this is hilarious. You gotta yeah, tell this I'm gonna one. tell it. So I got a buddy of mine who got caught cheating on a significant other. And I always ask the people I talk to, like, how do you think the guy got caught? And so I get all these answers. They go, well, you know, uh, she got into the DMs and saw the racy messages. They saw a text message. He came home smelling like perfume and, and he had lipstick on the collar. And I go, no, that wasn't the case. I said, what ended up happening was my buddy had came home from work and told his significant other that the job he was at had mandatory overtime. And so for the next three months, he's going to be working on the weekends. He's going to be coming home late. And she didn't think anything up, but she's like, okay, babe, we can use the money, right? Yeah, thanks. So, you go out there and make that yeah, money. Yeah, go make that money. We got some plans this year. And what ends up happening is she didn't work, he did. And so they had two vehicles that they shared. You know, depending on the workload, he would either take the SUV or he'd take the four-door car. And so he was taking the SUV for about 30 days. And then he swaps up and takes the car. She, on the other hand, decided that she wanted to go to an old antique store, but she forgot the name of the place. And so she called up a bunch of her buddies in the hobby and said, you remember when I went to that place and I bought that, that painting? And they go, yeah, I remember. Do you remember the name of that place? They go, no, I can't remember the name of it. So she goes into the dresser drawer and she's looking for the receipt to see if the name's on the receipt. She can't find anything. She jumps on Google and tries to guess it through Google, can't figure it out. Then she has the epiphany moment. She goes, when I went to that place, I had the address inside the GPS. Oh. So she goes out to the car. She starts the engine. She pulls up the GPS. She accessed the history log. Because, you know, the history log keeps a running tally of all the addresses. Oh, I've done at. it before. I've yeah. swiped and been like, okay, where did, where was that address? There. Yeah. yeah. Well, she did the same thing. And she found the address to the place that she was trying to find. But she also found a bunch of other addresses in there that was unfamiliar to her. It was unfamiliar territory. So she found some addresses for some very nice, expensive restaurants. And she's scratching her head thinking, 
I've never been here before. Why were these addresses being inside the GPS? Uh, she found some places that she would go on a nice date night, and a couple of those popped up as well. She's thinking, Amberly, I can't, re I can't recall why these would be in here because I know I've never been there before. And, and of course, for the listeners, if you haven't figured out by now, there was a couple of hotels that popped up in there as well, and she definitely hadn't gone to those institutions. So um, the reason why I cut the, cut the cap right there, right, and, yeah. and I landed on that note, because I think that one of the biggest reasons why people don't achieve success with the GPS philosophy, I don't think it's because people don't set an address. I think most of us are well-versed to wake up every day and be focused on a goal and dream that goes into GPS. I think most of us approach these goals and dreams with clarity over confusion. Most of the time we have a good idea of what we want so we can manage the resources when they get put in our pathway. I don't think people don't hit their goals and dreams because they don't know how to be properly connected. I think most of us know we need to connect with, with the right people, the right places, the right things. I know most of us are aware of our dead zones. We get stuck there too long. We don't see progress in our life. So we go, I got to shift. I got to move. I got to get that signal yeah. back and get back on track. I don't think that most people don't hit their goals because they don't recalculate. If you want a thing bad enough, you'll find a way to get towards it. But the number one reason why a lot of people I've seen don't hit their benchmark of success because they're guilty of cheating on their goals and dreams by chasing everybody else's agenda. What I ask people all the time, I say, if I was able to walk into your life and I ask you for your life's GPS, because I want to check the history log. I want to see what addresses have been in there on a routine basis. Are you guilty of cheating on your goals and dreams because every address is going to a destination that you didn't intend to go to? Most people are guilty of doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the beautiful thing is if I can look over my life and see all the addresses, it gives me idea where my focus has been at. We know the oh, phrase in yeah. the motivational world, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So yeah. I want to make sure that my focus is based on the things I want to give energy to, not chasing everybody else's goals and dreams because I want to get my reality birthed before my time is up while I'm on this planet. Mm -hmm. So that's the GPS philosophy in a nutshell. It's setting the address, it's clarity over confusion, it's being properly connected, dodging dead zones, recalculating when needed, and most importantly, checking my history log on a regular basis because I don't want to be guilty of cheating on my goals and dreams by chasing everybody else's agenda. Gosh, that's mm. so good. Thank you. I <laughs> love that. I'm telling you, mm. I love that. Mm. It makes so much sense. Yes. And then mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I got to check my history log. Not mm -hmm. because I'm doing anything. Oh, I, yeah, fishy, no, no, no. Listen, no. I've seen the ring on your finger. I know you ain't doing that. That's the big <laughs> rock on her hand right there. Yeah. yeah no, I got a good one. So I want to <laughs> keep him around. And, and believe me, he puts yeah. up with a lot with mm. me. I mean, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, mm. he's put mm. up with a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, his nickname for me is crazy, <laughs> and I kind of like it. But um, that's so that's so amazing. We just yeah. have a few minutes left. Sure. And I could mm -hmm. seriously talk to you all day because you're mm. so you're you're such a great coach. And so Thank you. selfishly, I'm just like, mm -hmm. yeah, keep coaching me, keep coaching me. I yeah. love that. What else do you think I should mm. do? But I do know that there mm. are some people out there that want to know about like success habits yes. to be successful. Okay. Um, uh, so what are some things you would suggest or mm -hmm. that somebody could do out there right now that's like, well, yeah, I want to, you know, mm -hmm. I, I hear all you're saying, but mm -hmm. what are some of the habits that I can do to create mm -hmm. more success in my life? Mm -hmm. Well, I think number one, I think is habit. And mm -hmm. What I mean by habit, scientists say it takes 21 days to create a habit. It takes 66 days to lock in a stone and 90 days to make it a lifestyle. So that's what it is. It's 66 days to lock it into stone. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. because I just yeah. had somebody, mm -hmm. my friend Rudy suggests that I do mm -hmm. this one exercise for 66 days. Mm -hmm. So that's why it locks it yeah. into stone. Mm -hmm. It makes okay. it reality. And the goal is for me to have certain habits on autopilot. Oh, so yeah. So if I want to be successful, I want to understand what habits do I need to adopt and adapt and what habits do I have right now that's actually slowing me down and keeping me from 
successful progress, the biggest problem I see with habits, most of us think about habits in the negative sense. So we think about the habits that are tangible. We think about someone that has an alcohol habit or a drug abuse habit or, you know, violence, temper, things like that. And I go, really, for me, the habits that really dictate success are the intangible, the ones that are locked up inside of here. So I want to have the right mindset over my goals and dreams. I want to have certain activities I do every single day to get the results that I want. And for I've that, heard that well, I call that having smart feet. Yeah, like I, I, I don't like even think about in the morning. Mm-hmm. One of my habits is mm-hmm. my gut health regime, and I mm-hmm. don't even think about mm-hmm. it. It's automatic. I yeah. drink and take my supplement mm-hmm. first thing. Yeah, and you know, down a bunch of water, mm-hmm. and I put my gym clothes on right away. Like mm-hmm. I don't even think about it. Like of course I'm going to work out. Sure. You know, those kind of things. Yeah, so you have those habits locked in stone. They're on autopilot. That means you do it without even thinking about it, yeah. right? It's almost like driving a car. Mm-hmm. Um but is that good to have those on autopilot or should I do an inventory of that every once in a while? Well, I always want to do an inventory. And the reason why I want to do an inventory because I'm always in a state of perpetual growth. And so my habits may need to be adjusted based on the level of growth that I've accomplished. Yeah. You know, so when I think about it this way, you just gave me some of the habits you had on autopilot, which helps foster your foster your growth and your success. It's almost like driving to a new job. I remember uh, starting job. This has been a long time. So I worked for somebody about 20 something years ago. Right. And I remember, you know, my first day there, I didn't know how to get there. So I'm focusing intently on my turnoffs where yeah. I turn right at, you know, I'm getting a little bit nervous. There's a lot of traffic. So you turn the radio down like it's going to make you a better driver. And then after working there for about a week and a half, I knew the route by heart. So here I am driving to work, the music blasting, you know, um, yeah. I, I'm driving with my knee while drinking my coffee, you know, because I'm trying oh, to put yeah. a seatbelt on. So I'm doing all these things. And the reason I can multitask in that level, because I'm on autopilot, I already know where to drive to. I know when to pick up speed, when to slow down, where the traffic bend is at. I even subconsciously know where that cop hides out at so I can slow down without getting that speeding ticket. So I'm 100 percent on autopilot. The goal is for me to have that same level of autopilot when it comes to chasing my goals and dreams. So what are the things I'm going to need to have that just kind of take place on its own that's going to get me to my finish line quicker and faster? Now, for those folks struggling with that, this is why you want to hang around the right people, right? Jim Rohn's law comes into effect. Your success will mirror that of the five people to hang with the most. If I'm around five successful people, there's certain habits that they have, and I'll pick up on those habits quicker and faster Mm -hmm. if I'm hanging with them on a regular basis. Yeah. 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 So I want to be clear about that. So I want to have the formation of habits, but it's easier to do that by hanging around people that already have it. Yeah. You know, I had years ago when my Mm -hmm. daughter, I think, gosh, I think she was in third grade. Mm. She's going to kill me for Uh saying this, but hopefully she doesn't hear us downstairs. Um, but she got called to the principal's office and she goes, but mama, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm. I didn't, I don't even remember what it was they did. I think it it was Mm. a little boy that was always getting in trouble doing Mm. crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And she was very entertained by it. She thought it was hilarious. Well, yeah. She was hanging with that crowd Mm -hmm. and no, she wasn't doing the certain things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. But because she was hanging out with them, mm. she got called to the office and I had to explain to her. I said, well, mm. Ruby, if you're hanging around with them yeah. before long, you will be doing the same things it's as true. them. And she didn't want to hear that. She got very upset. She goes, mm. no, I won't. But it's it's true. It's true. <laughs> and it, it really was even mind opening mm-hmm. for me mm. being at this last event that I spoke at because, mm-hmm. I mean, I was speaking with 
Mm-hmm. Ed Milet, who, I mean, I've shared the stage with him a few mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. but uh, Ben Newman, Tim mm-hmm. Grover. I mean, there were big names and there were yeah. like very, very successful people there. The mm-hmm. tickets were $20,000 just to go to that event. And yeah. so, you, as you can imagine, there were very... The best of the best. The best of the best <laughs> were there. Yeah. And so one of my friends was like, mm-hmm. hey, we're all going to dinner. Do you mm-hmm. want to go to dinner with us? I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. And I go to dinner and I get to sit with sure. these... 12 highly, highly successful men. And I, it was so much fun. Mm. It was so, it was the most fun I have in a long time. Mm. Yeah. Listening because they think big and the way they think and the Mm. way they talk, it was just like, I was just eating it up. Mm. And what I noticed too Mm. was something in me that, you know, it wasn't that long ago where mm-hmm. we had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. We had a lien on our house. Mm. When we bought this house, yeah. I sat outside in the hammock with my daughter and mm. just, te- I cried. Mm. Tears of gratitude came yeah. over me because I was like, wow, look at what I'm able to do for my family. Yes. You know, yeah. I've worked so hard and look at what I can do now. Mm. And so if I can do it, anybody, anybody can, can do, do it. it. Yeah. But what I noticed at this event and hanging around, because you're talking about hanging sure. around the people with these habits, mm-hmm. what I noticed at this dinner was mm-hmm. they were ordering mm-hmm. the most expensive Best of the best. <laughs> they, the waiter came over and said, and they had, we had our own private room back mm-hmm. in the back. And yeah. they're like, what would you like? Hmm. Any appetizers? And one of the guys said, oh, I'll just bring us a bunch of shit. <laughs> And I was like, oh, wow. And they just come with like mm. plate after mm. plate. And I'm talking like yeah, expensive lobsters yeah. and yeah. crab cakes and a plate full of oysters. I mean, mm. I was like, wow, I don't usually eat like this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm. And at the end, one of the guys was mm-hmm. like, my, no, my treat. I invited everybody to dinner. Mm. This is my treat. And I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. Mind like mm-hmm. it, it was inspiring. And he wasn't doing it in a, in a way to like Show boast off. of look at all the money. It was yeah. not about that at all. Mm. But to me, it was, I want to be hanging out with people like this. Yes. That have, they're not talking. They're not gossiping. Mm-hmm. They're talking about big ideas and big things. Mm. They are just so successful that mm-hmm. they are like, bring us everything on the menu, you know? Mm. Yeah. Not that I want to do that all the time, but sure. it was like, wow, mm. this is what's possible. I, I agree with that. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, I'm glad you said that because while you're talking in real time, I'm getting a mental download. So I'm like, well, I call it a spiritual download. When I talk about that GPS system, you know, it, if you lose your bars, you lose that signal, you can't get a download. So a lot of times I'm talking to people, I feel like God's giving me that download. Oh, we got signal. And so the download's coming. What's hitting my spirit right now is it's hard to be a thing if you can't see a thing. It's hard to be a thing if you can't see a thing. And so it's not for uh, you to be in that circle, that environment, and watch all that take place without, without purpose. A lot of times I think God exposes us to certain realities to say, listen, I have this lined up for you, but it's hard for you to go after that if you can't see what you're going after. Mm-hmm. When you go into any t- any gun range, right? You, you don't widely just let off rounds. Oh, there's and a I target. Love, you have a video. I think <laughs> yes. it's on YouTube. Yes. Y'all got to follow him on YouTube. He's got like a YouTube shorts. 
Mm -hmm. and you're at the mm. range. Yes. And I love going to the range, by mm. the way, too. Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. But you've got the target. Go yeah. ahead. You I got... just loved that video. Well, thank you. You, you got, I had to sneak that camera in there because at first we're kind of like, you know, we don't want you in here filming stuff randomly. Did you get something goes same, wrong? I did the same thing. <laughs> and then my husband was like, Amberly, you, maybe you shouldn't post this yeah. because you might get canceled. Because, you know, in it, L.A., yeah. you get canceled you got, for everything. Well, yeah, you're right. It, yeah, you guys. I, I, I posted it. Though. Yeah. Um, you didn't get canceled. You're still here. I'm still yeah. here. I didn't get canceled, but I posted it. But yeah. Yeah. What, what I will say is this, is when you go to a gun range, you're aiming at the target, right? And the goal is to aim in such a way that you get better and better, that you can hit it bullseye every single time. I feel like God and his infinite wisdom will line us up around certain people. And this is super important because if I don't have my ego in check, what will happen is I may enter into that space with jealousy, with animosity. I may be envious over what someone else has. Go, God doesn't do that, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to put me in an environment. If my character's right, he's showing me this not to be overly impressed by that person, but to say what I'm doing for them, I have intentions for doing for you, right? But I need you to raise your level of thinking. The That's think the, the, yes. my thinking. Yes. I was like, Yes. Mind blown. Yeah. Like there's well, more to just planning tomorrow and the next year. Like mm, these people are planning three, five, ten years yes, ahead down the road. with strategy. <laughs> so it was mind blowing. Mm. And I always look at everything. Now look, mm -hmm. I'm human. There are times sure. when I scroll through social media and mm. I'm like, dang it. Mm. I, I wish I would have booked that job. Why didn't they call me to mm. do that event? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I'm like, Amberly, stop. What's meant mm. for me will be mine. That's true. You know? Yeah. Um, and I look at other opportunities and mm -hmm. things that people get, and I go, Sure. Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. If they can do it, I'm inspired that, mm. wow, maybe I can, I can do thing. it too. Yeah. That's possible for me. Mm. You know? And I think that's how you have to look at things. I agree. As that person is inspiring you to mm. take the next action, do the next thing, so mm -hmm. you too can be able to do some of those Same things. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what would have been messed up if you came out and said, man, I sat there and I watched these these individuals of greatness discuss success and it was a la carte and they weren't worried about the prices of the lobster and all that stuff like that. And man, that was just wild. Like for most people come out of that situation and that's their mindset. That was just wild. I can't believe how much money they spent. Never once thinking that God has put me in this environment to understand that this will be me too, that I'll be able to go in and not have a budget or limitation. Let's be real. Most people in that situation start thinking about the budget. Like, okay, this is, I'm adding up this and adding up this and adding up this. Oh, and they're so, having drinks. Yeah, they're having, oh, they're oh, they're having, having the more than one. Vodka. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. like $100 a bottle. Like, oh, it's, it's getting hot. Most people enter into these types of situations with a preconceived limitation. I believe the God that I serve has no limitations. And so there's no limitations on God and I'm built in the image and likeness of my Father in heaven. That means there's no limitations on me unless I put the limitation on me. So a lot of times I think we're invited into these situations and circumstances for a deeper reason than we think. We may be there to connect with individuals, but God is like, no, I have a whole nother reason. I want you to take the limitation off your thinking. I'm exposing you to an arena that you've not been exposed to yet or you're not comfortable yet. And I want you to take that barrier down because I got so much more planned for you but again, it goes back to what we said earlier, you can't do trigonometry if you haven't processed how to work fractions. And this environment is, is mastering fractions so I can get to the calculus and get to the trigonometry. So absolutely, in that type of environment, the connections are on a different level. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. oh, I had so much fun. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I just, uh, and mm. we played this game where it was, you have three mm. dice uh -oh. and you, you're gambling basically. Mm -hmm. 
not with a lot of money. I mean, I can imagine the heat, uh, it might, the tension might have been high if we were gambling with like hundred dollar bills, yeah. but we were gambling with dollar bills and it's just okay. a fun thing to do as you mm, go around sure. and it'll say left, right, center mm -hmm. or dot left, right, center. Mm -hmm. And you, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's it. Is that it, Cole? You were shaking your head. Yeah. That's where I said her. Yeah. <laughs> you like yeah. And you roll the dice, and you start with three dollars. You roll mm. the dice, and you mm. either you know pass your money if it's right to the right per mm. person. If it's dot, you get to keep it, or mm. the left, or put it in the center. Yeah. And you go around until it ends up, and it's you start going, mm. oh, I'm out. Oh, I'm back in. Oh, I'm out. And then whoever ends up with the last dollar gets the pot. The, the pot. Oh my gosh, mm. it was a blast. So it's yeah. fun. So yeah, it is so important. Mm. Proximity is yes. power, and it's so important. I feel like success is built on relationships. It is. And so that's why if you people have an opportunity, I mm -hmm. can't stress enough. They're like worried sometimes mm -hmm. about, oh, I just I don't know if I can invest that on you know a six hundred dollar ticket to go to that event. It's mm. investing in yourself yes. to be around people that you can mm. collaborate with. Make. Mm connections with that you might have as lifelong friends yeah. to do business with, but it's getting in the right rooms to meet the right people. And mm. you never know how one event mm -hmm. can just change your life. I agree. It's relationship capital. I tell yeah. people the most expensive capital in the world is not what's in your bank account, it's who you know, which is relationship capital. And you want to have enough currency that you can spend it freely. And a lot of people don't have a lot of relationship capital, which is why they can't spend freely in, on opportunities and things like that. So yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. I had three pages of notes. <laughs> I didn't really even look down other than to take more notes. Well, that's a good thing. Um, and I think I'm gonna have to have you back on sometime to talk about mm -hmm. more of the speaking and give- Sure. Because you're, you're so seasoned in your mm. career is like yeah. your total legitness. There's a lot yeah. of people out there that go, oh, I'm a speaker. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's the real yeah. deal. Um, but I want people to mm. be able to grab your book, sure. especially if they're like out for a run and they're like, mm. I didn't take notes. I'm out for a mm. run. Tell people the best way to get connected with you, mm -hmm. to be able to book you as a speaker, okay. to learn from you. Because mm. I know you do master classes too. I do. I do. And buy your book. Mm. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do something that's going to be really, really creative and odd, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually offer a copy of the book for free to listeners of your podcast. <gasps> and so I'll explain how I'm going to do that in a second. Oh, but as far as you. as far as booking goes, if they go to my website, KareemEllis.com, uh, all that information on there if they want to reach out and book me, if they want to find clips, they can go to the YouTube channel or if they just Google me because I'm Googleable at this point everywhere. Yeah. The, the, the goal always is to be Googleable. Yeah. <laughs> and the Googleable, the Google, Googleable Ines, I'm trying to make a word up here, Googleable Ines uh, is your receipts because you said something that was very, very key. You have a lot of folks out there that call themselves speakers, but there's no receipts of it. And we know in this day and age of social media that you can be creative, you can do smoke and mirrors, but. I actually had that written in my notes. Mm. The part where you say there's mm -hmm. smoke and mirrors and smoke can be blown away. Be mirrors blown away. is just gonna be a basic reflection it, of It shows yourself. what's already there, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I actually had that written in my notes to talk mm. to you about that because my husband actually says, there is more BS in your industry than yes. anything I've ever seen. So I actually mm -hmm. hired him on, he's retired, mm. and I hired him on as my BS detector. <laughs> So he's my official BS I love detector. It. Yeah. 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 Because he's really good. I mean, he mm -hmm. was a cop, so that's how yeah, you he... can, Yeah. So it goes back to what I said before, which you've been designed to do, you've been doing all your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that'll be, that would be a great BS detector. But yeah, in this day and age, you have a lot of people that put that speaker moniker back there and they go, so receipts, you know, what are the receipts of your journey? Can I see where you've been out there in the industry and made that impact? Because there should be a paper trail, right? Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. So if they want to connect with me, KareemEllis.com is the quickest way. I know we got a lot of professional folks out there. So I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, obviously. I'm on every channel you can think of. But as far as the book goes, um, I do want to honor your tribe at this point by giving Thank them a free you. copy of GPS My Success. The easiest way they can do it is if they go to my Instagram, go to Kareem Ellis 2.0, and just send me a DM saying, I heard you on the True Grit and Grace podcast. My team will give them a free digital download copy. The thing being is we're only going to, based on when this airs, <laughs> yeah. we're only going to do that for about 72 hours. So when opportunity presents itself, your job is to move, but we'll give them a free digital copy. If they want a hard copy, then go to Amazon.com. It's on Amazon. Okay. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. This yeah. should be out mm -hmm. uh, in about five weeks? Five weeks. About five weeks. I'll let yeah. you know. Gotcha. I'll let you know. I'll make sure mm -hmm. you have, um, and my team makes mm -hmm. assets and mm -hmm. all that good stuff for you to have sure. in case you want to use it for anything. Oh, we're going to blast it out. We're going to definitely blast it out. But that means they got... Five weeks and 72 hours to make a decision. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, yeah. this has been just mm -hmm. such a joy mm -hmm. getting to finally, after yes. all this time. So we did yeah. a virtual event together. We did. It was like, two years ago. Was it two it was, or three? It was, no, it was, it was two. Was it two? Yeah, it was two. It was two. I mean, about two and a half at this point. Yeah. And, um, yeah, really mm -hmm. hit it off. And yeah. it's taken us this long mm -hmm. to finally get to meet Connect. in person yeah. and mm -hmm. I just love all you shared thank you. and love the person that you are mm -hmm. and all that you do in the mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. And thank y'all for tuning in <laughs> to the True Grit and Grace podcast. Go ahead and take a screenshot, whether it's you're listening to Apple, Spotify, or you're watching on YouTube, whatever platform. If you take a screenshot and tag me at Amberly Lago Motivation, and tag Kareem at Kareem Ellis. Is it Kareem.Ellis.2.0 or Kareem oh, just Ellis? Kareem Ellis.2.0. Yeah, we had the, we, well, I'm sorry, Kareem Ellis 2.0. It's just Kareem Ellis 2.0. I got hacked. They hacked oh, my Instagram. That's do the Kareem Ellis 2.0. So Kareem Ellis 2.0. Okay. Yeah. You got, yeah, you got hacked on Instagram. Yeah. I'm still hacked on the Facebook business <laughs> page. We're trying to work that out, but yeah. it happens, right? It does. Uh, yeah, tag us. When I see that, it means a lot to me, and I share it on my story. So mm. thank you for tuning in, and make sure you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss next week's episode. Okay, mm. thanks, and thank you. Thank you as well.